welcome to Dynastream's podcast, I said a prayer for you today. My hope is that you will be powerfully encouraged through real life situations, prayers, and encouraging words. Each episode is from the heart, not trying to be perfect, just being real for real needs. Feel free to share these episodes with those that you feel may need some loving strength. All right, let's begin. Hello, my friends. I'm here to encourage you today. It's been a bit because I didn't think I could get through an encouragement to you without coughing. My lungs have been under attack and just allergens and things in the air, things in the atmosphere. And when you think about that, the very air that we breathe, and you just kind of ponder with God those things and everything has meaning. And so I had taken it to the Lord and just seeking Him on so many things in life and in the world. But as I said a prayer for you, I just was asking God so many things. And as I sat through somebody else's teaching about um, feeling defeated and asking God where you're feeling defeated in your life, I don't know if that's you and if you feel defeated in your life or in areas of your life God knows what that is and I have been struggling with that just so many things that have had and especially you know dealing with the loss of my son there's a seemingly defeat and yet in my spirit I know God has the victory God still has the victory. And yet, time and time again, there's all of these things that just want to defeat us. But there is no defeat in Christ. He is the victory. He has already won, He's already conquered death. He rose from the grave. And the interesting aspect is as I take it to Him, I start to ask the Lord. And I just get that truth. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father except through me. And so when when you realize people who don't know him, how can they go to the Father when they don't know him? You know, I, I watched a religious man walk across the street yesterday in his priestly outfit. And the family is so excited. They're so excited about this young man who's studying, you know, religious studies. And in the religious world, yes, it's exciting and I'm excited for them. But they don't know. They don't believe that he's risen from the dead. They don't believe in the resurrection. They know, they talk about it, they teach about it, but they leave him on the cross. There's so much that is stated that he would not have a broken bone in his body. They did not have to break his bones when the sundown came. He laid down his life. They buried him and he rose again, just as he said he would. Even in John um, chapter 2, it says, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. And the Jews were baffled because it took them 46 years to build it. How are you going to do it in three days? And they were asking him because he had just flipped over tables in the temple during their Passover. Drove out the sheep and the oxen. 
Because, you know, the sheep and the oxen during the Passover, and they're, they're, they're selling them. Money changers, they're selling them. Because people need a sin offering. They needed the sin offering. And Jesus shows up. He's like, I am. That's who he is. He is the sacrificial lamb. And so they were looking for a sign. Well, show us a sign of the things that you do. Because they understood what a sign is. We hear about signs and wonders. But they understood through the law, the prophecies, the fulfillment of the prophecy. They understood a sign was the fulfillment of the prophecy. It was a sign of those things spoken that now are. And so I just want to encourage you because he took me to John 2.15 and for the first time I didn't see that as Jesus an angry God because I always thought that when he was angry he went into the temple and he got angry. He drove things out. But when he took me to John 2.15 when he had made a whip of cords he drove them all out because in the previous verse it says he found them in the temple those who sold oxen and sheep and the money changers doing business in the temple. Remember, his, house, his father's house is a house of prayer. His father's house is to go and worship Almighty God. It's prayer, talking to God. His father's house is a place to talk to him, a place to commune with him, a place to experience him. Not a place of merchandise and selling and buying and, and all that stuff. But what stood out to me is when he had made a whip of cords, it told me he took the time to prepare making his own whip of cords. He didn't just go grab someone's whip and start, you know, ranting and raving. Because see, that verse always spoke to me that he found them in there doing that and he got angry. And that's how it was taught to me. Or at least that's how I received it. When the words were taught of, yes, Jesus gets angry, look at this. I'm sure it stirred him to upset because he uses exclamation points. Do not make my father's house a house of merchandise. But he took the time to make a whip of cords. And all of a sudden, as I'm sharing this with you, I'm thinking a whip of cords. And so he drove them out, but he made that. He took the time and prepared and then went in. And they, they all had to leave. Because, you know, he could have spoke a word. Like he spoke to the winds and the waves and they settled down. He could have just spoke a word and they would have had to flee. But he made a whip something that they understood. Because animals, when they heard that sound or whatever it was, animals were used to being driven this way or that way by the whips or whatever it is and unfortunately sometimes whips were used on people as slaves they understood that sound they understood that but they were driven out but when I all of a sudden I spoke that to you made a whip of cords and imagine in music the chords that are played the stringed instruments. And when stringed instruments were played before the king, 
There are chords that are joyful. There are chords that are played that are angelic. And there are chords that are played that remove the enemy, that cause the enemy to flee. So whatever chords or keys, but the chords, when the chords are played, it drives them out of the temple, the temple of the living God. And what do we call the temple? Like in our head, you know, the temple. That's what they call those on on each side of your forehead. That's the temple. Where our thoughts, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. So as we allow God's thoughts to be in our thoughts, in that temple, God's thoughts will drive out the thoughts of the world. When the music, when the chords are played in alignment and accordance with who he is, it will drive out and it will bring peace in our temple. Because some music, it causes the temple, some music brings in those thoughts and those, just the the sounds and it just causes you, I mean, if you've ever listened to certain music and you're like, ow, my head hurts, there's probably a reason for that. And I know there's all the physiological of the sounds in the brain and, and what can set this off and what can set that off. So imagine when he said the chords, a whip of chords made by the Lord will drive out the enemy, will drive out money changers, will drive out those who are contrary to who he is and how much he loves. If it drives him out of the temple, of the Jewish religion where they practiced where they went to worship God with all of their rules and laws and everything and then we in the world have the temple of our head and he says you are the temple of the living God so when Jesus makes a whip of cords when Jesus puts together the chords of music, the chords of whatever it is you see, whatever it is you hear, whatever it is you experience, when Jesus puts it together, he will drive out of the temple those things that do not belong. And his father's house is not a house of merchandise. So the thoughts and everything in the temple of your mind, of your thoughts, of your heart and your spirit, aligned with who he is, he restores the peace. And remember, his house is a house of prayer. And so as you pray, as you worship, as you speak the the living word, living water, the way, the truth, and the life, and you speak life, you think life, you think the thoughts of God. And mind you, some people in the world will say that is wrong thinking, or they have stinking thinking, or whatever it is. There are people that will disagree, but when you align it with God in His Word and allow Him to teach or unteach, the Holy Spirit will teach you in the way of truth. Because He said, You need not that others teach you because the Holy Spirit will do that. He will lead you into his word. He will lead you and he will drive out those things that do not belong. 
But it is God who does it in his peace and in his love. Because, you know, one of the things that that I struggled with, because God is love. And one of the things that I struggled with, even is my relationship with him. Most of the time, I never think it's good enough. Many times I think I'm not even qualified to be a Christian because of all of the things that I'm not or I can't or whatever it is. But that's not what it's about. It's your divine relationship with Almighty God, love himself. And he is the one who changes you, your thoughts, your beings, your everything from the inside out. And if you've ever looked at crops growing, they grow from the inside out. You look at a flower blooming, it grows and blooms from the inside out. And when things try to come at you from the outside in, and I know there's people who try to open you up and get you to open up and then they want to push something inside. They want to you know, push something inside, whether it be truth or whatever it is, they want to open it up and shove it in. You know, many times... <laughs> God just gently settles like that Holy Spirit that settled when when Jesus was baptized, settle on him. When you feel that peace settle on you, it may feel like it's coming down from heaven above, but it's settling you from the inside out because your outward expression of peace comes from the inside spirit settling you, coming into agreement, your spirit with heaven above. It's settling you from the inside out. That peace is being restored. Because it comes from him. And your house, your temple, your body is a temple of the living God. He dwells within you and how lovely is his dwelling place. And his father's house is not a house of merchandise. His father's house is a house of prayer. And when you pray and worship, and I just said this, you pray and worship and that peace is restored because he's driving out those things that don't belong where the things that you're focusing on maybe it's bringing fear and anxiety and and depression or it's bringing hopelessness or defeat he is the victory he is the hope he is the love he is all of these things and the world around you will try to bring in all this fear because fear is how they drive you this way or that way Manipulation, how they drive you this way or that way. Guilt and shame, how they get you to do this or that. Because you'll be guilted to do this or out of shame you'll do that or you won't do this because of your shame. And it's from a young age that all of these things come at people that, that you're afraid to do things as an adult because of all the shame of your youth. But in his word he tells you you will not remember the shame of your youth. There will be double portion. I think it's in either Isaiah 61 or 41. I think it's Isaiah 61. You will not remember the shame of your youth. And so I want to encourage you. Do not make his house a house of merchandise. Because when he went into the temple, he found them. He will find the lost. Where do you find the lost in the temple? And maybe our mind sometimes, we don't lose our mind. Your mind is always there. Something may be impacting it. Something may be changing it around, like money changers. You have the mind of Christ. You have his thoughts, his ways. 
always higher and we're always attaining one step closer to him although he's right here and he dwells within we're still one step closer because of the impact and he knows the nature the human nature but we are also a spiritual nature and they are always at war and i think it was in john or first john that says um just as a coin has two sides both are valid jesus has two natures both valid he's humanity and deity both valid so we have our human nature, we have our spiritual nature, which is Christ in us. And I'm watering, I'm watering flowers one time, and even the grass. And I thought about that phrase of, you know, which, which side of the fence is the grass greener? The side that we water. And sometimes you go through a drought or the heat of the sun is so much. And if there's no water, you see it's crunchy and brown and dry. Where is it greener? Where you water. And how much more impactful of the living water. And so my friend, don't be discouraged. Don't be defeated. We have the victory in Christ. And sometimes when we're feeling low, there's natural things because there's going to be highs and lows. Just like a heartbeat, there's highs and lows. It's natural. And sometimes it's in those low places you may have a lesson and then you, you know, go to a high place and you're like, ooh, the air is much better up here. And then, you know, back and forth. It's natural. You know, if your heartbeat was way too high all the time, you're in trouble. If your heartbeat was way too low, you're in trouble there too. But it's natural to go up and down, the highs and lows. It's natural. And I see some people who are just happy all the time. If you've ever been around them a lot, they're not just happy all the time. They have to put that on because otherwise they have to deal with certain things they don't want to deal with. And I have things in front of me I have to deal with going, Lord, I don't even know how I'm going to deal with that. And I'm seeking him. So my friends, seek him. It's natural to have the highs and lows. There's not something wrong with you. The world will project mental illness and people don't want anyone to think there's something wrong with them because then they'll put a label and then people will treat them like the label. I know someone whose behavior toward other people is based on what someone else told them. So have you ever had an experience with that person? Oh, I've never really spoken to them. Well, how can you think that about them? Oh, because of what they said and how they treated them. But you're not them. And so trying to understand that, how... In a group of people or a clique of people, the world will try to tell you how to treat someone because they want to shame them. They want to ostracize them. They want to exile them. It happens in groups and cliques and cultures. There are cultures who will shame someone that they are no good, they can't. But in Christ, he redeems, he restores. That's what he came to do because love doesn't ostracize love doesn't remove and kick out like that and I know in scripture it says like if something causes you to sin get rid of it or get rid of a person and I've been on that other side I've been on the side where a prayer group kicked me out because my prayer offended someone because a man insulted the minds of women and it's like I would see I would see prayers going up and they were prayers of, it was their, their um, 
I could, I could see it almost like discerning that that was ick. And people in the room just received it as prayer. And, you know, and it's okay because our communication with God, when we're talking to him, there's no wrong way to pray. But when you discern something going up, it's like that is putting yuck on people's minds. Oh my gosh. And when you pray to cover, because you know women are being affected, you pray. You pray in accordance and agreement with who God is. You may get kicked out of places because they know you see too much. They know you feel too much. That You know what's going on and they don't want that there. I've had to learn that. It wasn't because I'm bad, because my prayers are bad. Because they know gift of discernment. They didn't want that there. Because of the people and the things that they deal with and do. They didn't want that there. And I've been told in other places, because you knew too much. In another situation, because you knew too much. And I'm thinking, I didn't know anything. But God does, and he knows. And if God wants to do that in that place, he may place you there, unbeknownst to you. And he's going to do a mighty work. But you see, when you feel down and discouraged, Jesus came in and he drove out those things. And I will be at work and I will feel so down and discouraged because of the environment, because of some of the the leadership that they've placed in place. And I could feel this just spiritual warfare going on. And I just feel so discouraged going in. But until God says, you know, move this place or move, I'm like, Lord, I don't belong there. I don't want to be there. And I'm seeking him. And as I go in there so down and discouraged, and all of a sudden, someone else will come in and ask a question, and I feel it lift off immediately. So it's in that obedience. Maybe God is sending you into the store to find something. Maybe you have to go get a loaf of bread, and you can't find any. And all of a sudden, someone's stocking the shelves, and you're asking, like, do you have any of this bread anymore? And they may answer your question, yes or no, or whatever it is. It may be that very question, that spirit through you, just by opening your mouth, that spirit will go and set something free for that person. You did not know that. It's not like, oh, I have a word for you. It was in the process, your obedience to go and find that bread, to go and find something into a store, wherever it is you're going. I've had it happen to me a number of times. And I've also had an experience where someone will come up and you feel the yuck as though they were sent to bring you down or slime you. It's just another expression people use when you just feel like they yuck. (coughs) Excuse me. And that yuck came. Even in my life, as I coughed at that point, there was a discussion with someone at work. And they slimed me. And all of a sudden... I started to get this, the lung, the very breath that I breathed, my lungs under attack, my voice. When I speak and God speaks, not just the words, but he will share something with you unbeknownst to me. I love that because in that way, I can't mess it up. When God speaks something to you, just in my obedience to encourage you, he may speak something totally unrelated, bring you up a memory a scripture, something in your life that is a key to something. That is how God works. And I don't want to mess it up. And sometimes I'm afraid to mess it up so I will speak nothing. And so he's looking for those vessels who will just obey him. 
because he needs to reach someone, needs to reach. He needs to reach someone somewhere that maybe, maybe the leader of a church and they can't, and the people aren't going to go into the church and they can't reach him. But you're not going to go and, and just beat him over the head with the word of God. And they're like, yeah, I'm used to that. In religion, I'm used to getting beat over the head. No. It may be a simple question, unrelated, but it connects them spiritually to what God's doing in their life. Oh, and some people will, you know, hear the chatter of the enemy and they'll use those words. And so you, you get tuned into how God is speaking to you and what the enemy is chattering about. Because you'll hear it, both of it. One is going to bring you freedom. And one is going to feel like, oh, yuck. Like more depression, more defeat, more discouragement. And one is going to just lift off and feel like, oh my gosh, peace where there was no peace. Joy where there was no joy. And I've literally gone up to people and said, thank you for asking that question. You were sent like an angel. And they're like, they had no idea. They were just looking for something. And you can tell by their response, there's light in them. It was God's vessel chosen for that day. Purpose to lift me up. They didn't even know it. And so my friend, how many times have you been that vessel where you you may feel like lost in something, you don't want to ask somebody, and you go up and ask a question. Or you just say hi to someone, or whatever it is. Or someone stands out to you, and you may compliment their dress or their shoes, or whatever it is. Something stands out to you. God will bring that. Out of all these people, that one stands out to you, and you don't know why. And maybe you should tell them something, maybe not. And sometimes the enemy just wants to compliment them. Oh, what a nice person. It turns out to be one of these, say you're saying it to a woman, and it's not a real by birth woman. So listen to the voice of God. Because he may send you into places to lift up a brother or sister in Christ who is feeling so defeated, so discouraged, hurting and they're trying to heal and they're seeking God for their healing and then you know he asked that that lame man by the pool do you want to be healed I don't even think he answered him yes I want to be healed he gave him reasons that he just is there but by his action his faith by works his faith in action Jesus told him to lift up your mat so he picked up his mat and walked so his faith in action so maybe your faith in action is going, whether it be to the grocery store or maybe whether you're just not even wanting to go into work because it's so discouraging and so disheartening. But maybe there's someone coming in that day that you're just going to really encourage or they come in and ask something and you're thinking, oh my gosh, I don't know. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. How I'm gonna, I don't know how I'm going to find this thing. They ask you a question. You can't find it whatever it is, and you continue to pursue, you continue to do what you do. And that encounter, that spoken word, you opening your mouth, your actions, are doing something spiritually in the lives of those around you, unbeknownst to you. And so my friend, be encouraged wherever you are right now, Whatever you are working on, working at, is significant. 
And everything you do, you're bringing the Holy Spirit into that place. Every action you take. And my friend, even if you're tearing up floorboards, maybe your job is tearing up floorboards in a house and you're like, oh my gosh, this is dusty and dirty and nobody wants to get down here. My knees are hurting and oh my gosh. And you're repairing that floor. Holy Spirit is preparing a foundation for that family to be in. They have a solid foundation to walk on. Spiritually, you are doing an amazing thing. And I really get bothered when people write scriptures on walls and then they paint over it or they bury a Bible under something that bothers me. You're putting a Bible in cement. You're putting a Bible under there and it can't be opened. It can't be read. It can't get up. I know God's word, nothing is impossible for him. But if people don't know what's under there, you're walking to the enemy does that. They put these things of cursing all around and you don't know it. But there's something placed there to cause destruction. And I remember hanging something on a door. And someone had made, and, and I hung it on a door. And the, that day, I hung it on the door in the evening. And that morning, I was coming down the stairs. And I tripped and I almost fell. I almost like really hurt myself. And I looked up and there was that thing. And so then I put it aside. I'm like, uh-uh. But I knew where that came from, that they also have things of secret society. Maybe their hearts aren't that way, and they, they provide it in love. But I know the secret society stuff. And so, my friend, if I have ever given you anything, if I have given you something and you're like, why is this happening over in this area? And you maybe maybe it's a... um. A wall hanging. Maybe I sent you a picture as a gift. And you're like, why is this happening? And every time you go into that area, by all means, take that thing off. Take that thing down. Does that still happen? But your very act of removing that thing. Because I shared it with someone. They had um, a picture in a room. And they were having some real difficulties and some nightmares. And I'm like, do you have anything? And I was praying. I'm like, do you have like a picture? And there's like a picture on a wall. And I'm like, just change that out and see if there's anything. It's like, there's something on that. And sure enough, she's praying. There's like something in the lower corner. And she's like, I got to get, find out how I can, you know, talk to my husband to get rid of this picture because he's, I don't know if he's going to want to, but because God is who he is, her husband came home that day and says, you know what? I think we need to put something different on that wall. That God would put it on her heart and on his heart to replace that picture. So there may be things on it. And my friend, not everything that looks like it's godly is from God. Because the greatness of God, just because it looks good, doesn't mean it is. And none of us are perfect. Perfect. And sometimes I wonder when we get these products and they come from overseas and we hang them in our homes like it's, you know, accentuating who God is. But maybe they put it, you know, their, their thing on it. Doesn't mean everything is. But if you're encountering something in your home and you're like, I don't know why every time I go in this room, I feel darkness or discouraging. What changed in that room? Did someone enter it? 
was something placed in it? Is there something new in it? Remember, Jesus prepared. He went in and then he drove it out. What is your whip of cords when you go into that room? Maybe it's your front room. Maybe it's a new room that you decorated and you love it so much it looks so pretty, but you just don't sense his presence in there. Prepare. Make those cords. Maybe it's your worship. Maybe it's your vocal cords that you're going to praise God. You're going to pray out loud. (laughs) Out loud. You're going to pray out loud. You're going to worship. And maybe it's those vocal cords prepared that will remove all those things that are not of him in that room, in that temple, in that place of sanctuary, in that place where you want to meet with him. You want it to be a place of peace and a place where people can sense the tangible presence of God. Where they know, oh my gosh, this is a place where people pray all the time. I don't know what it is about this place. You go in there and you feel like, oh my gosh, there's something not in here. And then when you go through and you do that, someone walks in that room and go, I don't know why this is so peaceful. It's like, I just want to sit in here and just be. That's the kind of place you want to create. Maybe it's your vocal cords that you need to prepare, to praise, to pray, to speak, to share. And so as I encourage you today, that was not even in a thought when I shared that with you. But I could, through this encouragement, I could visualize this front room and it's it's so bright now. It's so bright. It's a place where you can even look out the window. And that's where you find your peace. That as you pray and as you praise your vocal cords, those cords prepared by the Lord himself to drive out those things that did not belong so that his peace would remain, his love, his joy, the fruit of the Spirit. And so, my friend, I don't always know where God's going to take us to encourage you, but if you're feeling defeated, discouraged, shame, guilt, anxiety, anger, whatever it is, let the Lord prepare something with you that will drive that stuff out because he found it. Whatever it was that was causing it, the Lord found it for you. He found it. He prepared the chords. Whether it's your vocal chords speaking his word, whether it's a musical instrument, whatever it is that God is using to drive that out, he found it. Because we're seeking him, Lord, where is this thing in my life that I need to, that I need to deal with with you? Because I feel defeated, because I feel discouraged. Or at some point you feel just depressed and going, is this what depression feels like? Or is this what anxiety feels like? Is this what this feels like? I don't know what it is. Trying to identify it. Sometimes he doesn't want you to. He just says, this is for someone else. Speak this, pray this, encourage this. Boom. He drives it out. And maybe he prepared the cords with me today to encourage you because he just removed something. Maybe you were totally unaware of. And me as well. Because he is who he is. And loves you the way he does. He will drive that stuff out. He will show you the signs. He will show you his presence. And he will pour out his love. See in that temple he poured out. What did he pour out? Um, Hold on a second. And he poured out. He poured out the changer's money. 
and overturned the tables. Maybe so, some of those tables were working against you. Maybe you need the finances. Maybe when he drives that out, he's going to pour out. He's going to pour out the change. He's going to bring change to you in a good way. Maybe he's going to pour out the finances to you in a good way. He's going to overturn those tables. Maybe they were working against you. Now they're working for you. His peace is restored. His love poured out for you for such a time as this. So my friend, from John chapter 2, Jesus found them. He overturned it. He drove them out. Sounds like victory to me. So wherever you were feeling defeated, whatever he showed you while you were being encouraged, whatever he showed you, he overturned it in your favor because your favor is connected to him. So my friend, pray out loud, worship out loud, restore wherever it is, whatever it is you're doing. And don't be afraid to go searching for something. Maybe you normally don't like to go here or there. Maybe God is sending you somewhere for a purpose unbeknownst to you. So if there's something that you've got to go do and you're like, I don't, I don't like to do that. I don't like to, whatever it is, I don't know. Or maybe you're not sure why you have to, you know, chase down the, the perfect size bag of carrots. I mean, he will use anything, whatever he needs. But he will use you to lift off a burden off of somebody you didn't even, you didn't even know. And maybe they're not aware of, they just feel better, but they don't know why. God, Christ in you. And some people, they're agitated with you. They don't know why, because they're agitated with the Christ in you, your stand. But God will speak to them. Just as he's speaking to you, he will speak to each one of us to restore the peace, to bring us in alignment with him. He found that thing we were seeking, that thing you were seeking, that thing you couldn't, just something. He found it for you. He's going to drive it out. And he's going to pour out. So my friend, I just pray continuously that he pours out his love, his grace and mercy into your life and into everywhere you go. Know that you are a living, breathing, walking vessel of the Holy Spirit, the kingdom of heaven, wherever you go. And you don't have to be perfect for God to do a perfect work. Our job isn't to be perfect. He already is. He can do far greater with your attempt, even if you mess up. He can do far greater with that, your courage, your step of faith in action than he ever could with you trying to be perfect before you do anything. So be encouraged, my friend. He found it. He drove it out. He's pouring out. And he loves you so much. And I'm so thankful I could make it through this encouragement to you with only coughing a little bit. Because any time I tried to speak, I would start coughing. 
My lungs were under attack. God's driving it out. He gave me that grace to encourage you. And I'm so thankful for that. As we step out in faith, in action, God's able to do far greater with that. So may you be mightily blessed, whatever he's doing, whatever he did, and whatever he's about to do. You're highly favored, my friend. Be encouraged. God loves you so much. He sent his son to die for you on that cross. And not just to die the excruciating death, but to rise again and dwell in your heart to do what only he can do. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. You're amazing. And you are a reflection of him. So rejoice in that. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And know that God is able to do what you cannot do. And trust him with that. So be blessed, my friend. And may the Lord bless you and keep you. And cause his face to shine upon you. And be gracious to you. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks for listening to Dynastream's podcast. I said a prayer for you today. For more encouragements, visit our Facebook page at Dynastream LLC. That's D-Y-N-A-S-T-R-E-A-M-L-L-C. We'd love to hear from you. See you there. Thank you.